Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, a U.S. quote led coalition is striking back at Iranian proxy groups. Very heightened alert tonight all over the world as America and also the U.K. and a number of others, including Australia, Canada and the Arab country of Bahrain, a U.S. partner, uh, together, but mostly led by U.S. and U.K., sent in submarines, also fighter jets, launched Tomahawk missiles, and also hit Iranian proxy groups in Yemen. These are the Houthis, and of course we've been hearing so much about them because they have been launching all of these strikes all over the Red Sea on U.S. ships, on other ships, and really disturbing commerce and many other things in the Red Sea. And there have been more than 100 attacks since the middle of October, just in the Red Sea alone. We also have seen U.S. troops in Iraq and in Syria and elsewhere also being hammered by other different Iranian proxy groups. And tonight, President Biden, who is way too late in responding to these terrorist groups, finally comes out with the statement saying, I made the decision, I made the call. Well, it's interesting because there was a statement that came out before that from the British prime minister saying that he had also authorized the strike. We also heard from the British defense secretary just a few days ago saying it is time to start getting tough on Iran that we need to go after these proxy groups. And he was basically imploring America to finally do something. So I find it a little hard to believe that suddenly, uh, you know, Biden has become the ultimate Patton in this ordeal uh, because he sure hasn't looked like Patton for the last few months. But it does beg the question tonight, is the war broadening? Will it escalate? What kind of response will we now see from the terrorist group, the Houthis, again, in Yemen? We are told that they hit targets in Yemen, including missile launching sites, drone launching sites, radar sites. Because, of course, in the last few weeks, the Houthis have been hitting a lot of U.S. ships and also many other of our allies' U.S. ships. What really stepped it up on Tuesday There was a ship tied to the United States and that the Hutus was aware was affiliated with the United States. And it got a barrage of missiles coming from the Hutus. Now, this, of course, comes 
after President Biden said, don't you dare, you shouldn't do anymore. And as soon as he kept saying that, they just tripled and quadrupled the amount of missiles that were incoming to ships in the Red Sea. And on Tuesday, sent the biggest amount yet. And I guess it was such an embarrassment that President Biden finally had to respond. What do you make of where the war is going from here? And I have said all along he needs to show peace through strength. It's that Reagan mantra where I think he needs to have the enemy worried what this country is going to do in response. I think had he been tougher from the beginning, let's go back to Ukraine. I always say it when he came out, you guys, and he said uh, a minor incursion. Remember, I was like, "Uh oh, he just gave Putin a green light. And sure enough, Putin goes in to Ukraine. We saw it. Then, of course, we've seen with Israel at first. He said, yes, I am supportive of Israel. And he says that. But then in the same breath, he kind of flips and flops like a waffle. And then he comes out and says, well, I want, you know, Israel to limit civilian casualties. Um, I would hope that they pull out of Gaza soon. Uh, I would hope uh, that they can, you know, not have these indiscriminate bombings. And he doesn't seem to be calling out Hamas. So he hasn't been very strong in the commander in chief department. And last night we heard from President Trump in the town hall. And many of you were talking with me just after the town hall. Boy, did he express clarity. He showed that he was a commander-in-chief. He also expressed strength. And also, the leaders in the world that wish to do America harm, and sadly, there's a lot of them out there, especially now, thanks to President Biden. I feel like it is like a hornet's nest all over the world. That President Trump last night expressed a clear vision of how you deter some evildoers. Yes, you talked to them. Yeah, you, of course, tried to, you know, uh, diffuse them. But you also have to let them fear you and worry what is going to happen. It's like a schoolyard bully. If you keep punching the schoolyard bully, even if he finally punches back a little bit, uh, it's like too little, too late. And I contend... Had President Biden shown strength to begin with, maybe Ukraine might not have happened. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, he might have been, you know, feared, worried what could have happened. You look at other places, you look at the dismal withdrawal of Afghanistan. There is a huge line of old U.S. military equipment that happens to be sitting there in Afghanistan still. $85 billion worth. What message does that send to the world? That we are weak And we will leave behind some of our state-of-the-art weaponry to some of the biggest terrorists in the world. And that's what we did at that moment with the Taliban. We left sophisticated weaponry behind. And since that moment, we have been downhill. So have Biden's ratings. You look at the poll numbers. The poll numbers for him have been disastrous. And is he a leader? Eh? What do you think of the border? Is he, you know, maintaining American security? Eh? The list goes on and on. So tonight, yes, I am happy that he showed some strength to the Hootsies, but I don't think it was the right timing. I think he should have sent that in the first day, or he should have had much stronger strength and clarity and military might position. Yes, he had a carrier ship, but it came late. Then he also pulled it out. Remember, he told everybody he was pulling it out. What kind of a leader does that? Saying, hey, go ahead, have at it, guys. I mean, and then the U.K. is pushing the pipes and saying, come on, guys, come on, come on, come on. 
they were publicly chastising America and saying, uh, America, are you going to step up? So where are we tonight, guys, with this big development where now the U.S. and U.K. and others, as I mentioned, went after these Iranian-backed forces in Yemen. Now, we didn't go after Iran, of course, the head of the snake, the ones who are funding the Houthis and all these others. But we did go after Houthi targets in Yemen. We'll find out tomorrow. Hopefully we hit more than an empty warehouse, which is what we did a couple times, remember, in Syria. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Lone Ranger came in on Tonto. And yet at the end of the day, it turned out to be an empty warehouse or one terrorist, one like minor league, uh, JV league, as Barack Obama had called them at one point. Remember, you know, at one point uh, they took away. They're like, oh, God, we really let it rip. And then the next day we found out it was one guy and it wasn't anybody in a senior position. Who knows? It might have been the milkman or a mailman for all we know. So there are still so many questions tonight. And it also begs the question, are we tiptoeing to a war because Biden hasn't emitted strength from the beginning and handled this correctly from the beginning? Because you could contend, and I certainly do with Ukraine, that had he been clear, had he been concise, you know, Putin was amassing hundreds of thousands of troops right there on the other side of the border. He was telegraphing what he's going to do. And Biden never picked up the phone and say, hey, Vladimir, don't you dare think about doing that. And then they went in and Biden has said, yeah, we're with Ukraine. We have seen, obviously, he spent a lot of U.S. money over there. But yet he still hasn't given them all the different weaponry that they need. Even some of the fighter jets. Remember, they still have yet to get them. They're not supposed to come until a few months from now. I mean, if you really want to fight the war, you don't have the warriors go in with one arm tied behind your back. And that whole war was so ill-orchestrated. And I'm saying in terms of the U.S., if you had been clear and firm and said, either go in with everything you have and tell Ukraine, we're going to support you. Think about how much more money America could have saved had it been executed right. The world could have saved money. And think about how many Ukrainian lives could have been saved if this president had handled it right, as opposed to maybe this, maybe that. Oh, we're going to maybe do this. No, we're not going to do that. Poland wanted to send in MiGs. They were ready to send in MiGs. They said, you know what? We have some MiGs. They can start right away. You send us some F-16s, F-15s. Guess what? U.S. called up and said, no, 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 no. We do not want you to do this. So Poland then couldn't send it in. That is not the way to fight a war. And I am worried, based on what we're seeing tonight, he's clearly responding to politics because he knows everybody is looking and saying, God, this guy's a wimp. He's got to do something. So he's responding now. It's too little. It's too late. And it's also, at this point, maybe too dangerous, too. I mean, it scares the heck out of me to think that President Biden might be the guy overseeing yet another war that somehow U.S. could play a part too, whether it's supplying, as we have been with Israel, our great, great ally. And obviously, we want freedom for Ukraine as well. We want Israel to slaughter Hamas and eviscerate them from the face of this earth. There is no doubt about that. But this drip, 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 or not doing anything, and then finally, after 100 tries, thinking like you're big and bad by responding, that ain't the way to go, guys.
And if there isn't something more interesting to all this, they also announced, it came through sources, but they're telling a series of reporters, that the Pentagon says that, boy, you know, remember uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who has been MIA? Uh, Remember, he didn't even tell the president that he was going in for prostate surgery and had the complication and was under anesthesia? Remember, they didn't reply then. There were eight strikes at that time during that moment while he was in the hospital. And, oh, no, they didn't reply, right? But today he is still in the hospital. Thank goodness he's out of ICU. He's doing better. We certainly wish him well. But they want to make it sound like, boy, Austin was really on top of all this, which makes it even look even more suspicious. After all the things that came at Austin and the president and the mishandling and the lack of chain of command and the lack of leadership with the world watching and saying, boy, the U.S. is like Abbott and Costello. The defense secretary's out of pocket. Nobody even knew he was out of pocket. Nobody seemed to care. Uh, All these strikes happened on U.S. facilities and U.S. troops, and there was no response. And yet tonight we're supposed to believe that here he is commanding things from the hospital bed, and boy, is he in control. I mean, the timing on that to me is way too transparent. 1-800-848-9222, and we'll take your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Iran and what it has been doing vis-a-vis the Houthis, Hezbollah, Hamas, all of these various terrorist groups around the world. And again, the big news tonight is that the U.S. and also Britain and also a number of others have joined together with the U.S. and U.K. leading the charge uh, going after Yemen locations. And these are more the rebel locations there. These are the Houthi groups 
uh, that have been also going up against the government there, too. But they are these militia groups, and they went after launch sites for missiles, for drones, also radar sites. Uh, We'll find out what kind of success they had, and is it, again, way too little, way too late. Well, listen to this guy. Uh, He comes from Colorado, where weed is legal, because I think he was smoking it tonight. Before he made this statement, this is Congressman Jason Crow, Democrat of Colorado, who said, boy, uh, boy, President Biden is like John Wayne. Take a listen. Well, I don't take seriously those who are mounting criticism, saying that we should strike back, that we should be more aggressive, nor do I take those folks seriously. Uh, On the other side, the terrorists and the Houthis that are saber-rattling and saying things that they don't have the capability to do. The simple fact of the matter is these are challenging things. That's why you have clear-eyed, smart, intelligence, national security professionals of the administration making sure that we are smart, that we have a proportionate response, that we are defending ourselves, but we're not escalating either. Uh, And that takes calculation. That takes uh, intelligence. That takes the ability to look at the various streams of intelligence and risk that we are facing and that we're responding in a proportional way. Uh, So that's what they're doing. Uh, I have a great confidence in this this administration to do that in the the right and, and reasonable way. Wow, what was he smoking? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve. Line one. Steve, your thoughts. Well, I would say with you, uh, side by side with you, well, it's about damn time we did something. Let us now hope that we will shortly be singing bye-bye hootsies, goodbye. Let's hope. And by the way, Steve, that was pretty good singing, too. I I actually liked that. That was good. You you can uh, you got another gig on the side there too. That was very very nice. And let's pray. Uh, I just fear Steve that it's a little too little, and it is a little too late. Uh, you don't let somebody like punch you a hundred times and go, oh, uh, uh, how'd you like that slap I gave you back? Now aren't you scared? I think I think it's not a good strategy, and I think uh, they mismanaged this one too as well. Let's go to Keith. And Cincy, I don't know if you can sing too, Keith, but let's give it a whirl. No, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm mad and outraged about this attack, and I'm going to tell you why. Sure, let's hear This is, this is playing games. If we were serious about taking them out, we would have went in with overwhelming force and attacked them with B-1, B-2 stealth fighter bombers, F-35 Raptor bombers, and dropped this type of ordinance on them. Daisy cutter bombs, Moab bombs, and fast fuel air explosive bombs on them on either one, on all of these sites we attacked, and that would have flattened them, and uh, then they wouldn't have the ability to react, retaliate. Instead, we're just doing this play games crap. Uh uh-uh. uh, that makes me bad. Yeah, and and you know what? Um, it, real quickly, Keith, we just have a few seconds, but what do you think the reaction when you kind of just play games like you're describing so eloquently? Uh, the problem is, is they're, all it's going to do is to uh, make their pals over there like Hezbollah, Republican Guard, and uh, Islamic Jihad and all that. All this is going to do is make them mad. But if you would have dropped the type of ordinance I suggested, it would scare them to death. No, great points. Keith, you know what? Uh, You either got to go in, uh, you know, you don't do these little pinprick strikes like uh, we are seeing. Uh, I hear what you're saying because, sadly, those people only understand strength.
Julia Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And this is the Back the Blue segment, and it's sponsored by GoyaCares.com because you are a precious gift from God. This is a powerful story from Divine, Texas, where police and fire crews found and rescued a man who was trapped in an old feed mill for four days. Family members of the 65-year-old man called police on the evening of January 2nd, saying that they hadn't seen or heard from him since December the 29th. Police Corporal Felisa Miller searched the entire area and located a wheelchair outside of a feed mill that was slowly being converted into a tire shop. Corporal Miller then found that the man had fallen about 15 feet and was unable to get up. Upon calling out and connecting with him, the man in turn complained that his eyes and his legs were in very severe pain. So the police department immediately called emergency personnel services and rescue personnel, and together they were able to bring the man up to ground level on a backboard. The man was then taken to a hospital for evaluation and treatment, where thankfully it was determined he suffered no broken bones or life-threatening injuries from the very dangerous fall. And thank goodness, a very astute corporal was looking around, saw the wheelchair, and was able to put the pieces together and called emergency services and saved this man's life. It is a great testament to the incredible work our men and women do every single day. And, of course, we are always so thankful for all the great work that Goya Cares does. They, again, are the supporter of the Back the Blue segment. You can check out all the incredible work that they do at GoyaCares.com. And we are talking about this strike that just happened, the U.S. and U.K. finally striking back at some of these Houthi rebels and firing at locations in Yemen where they have missile sites because they've been hitting U.S. ships and other ships in the Red Sea. Now, this comes as U.S. intelligence officials, this is scary stuff, are reportedly saying that they are very worried about Hezbollah launching an attack in the United States, that what's happening over there with Israel and Hamas and Israel and Hezbollah could spill over into our country, which is why we can't have a wide open southern border. And they say these uh, very, you know, senior U.S. intel officials say they are worried very much that this could potentially pull the U.S. into the war and that they are deeply concerned about maybe potentially those that are here now and also what they could be planning in our country or also furtherance on Israel, because we know that they've been hitting Israel from the north there. But uh, boy, we are on sort of all systems go, all alert here. We heard also from the FBI director not that long ago that it's like a Christmas tree with alarm bells going off everywhere. And so why are we waiting And why didn't we have a message of strength? You don't even have to do something of strength, but at least have a message of strength earlier, as opposed to waiting till it's way too late. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in New Jersey, line four. Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, so having the South open 
That's just asking for trouble. Don't you think so? Having what open? Having the south border, the border by Texas to Mexico. Oh, absolutely. Dave, no question whatsoever. Uh, I think having our southern border wide open is an enormous issue. And we've already had more people that were on the terrorist watch list this year under Biden than all seven years previous combined. Uh, and that's why you cannot have a wide open border. you got to vet people that come in. I am for legal immigration. People vetted, people checked. It is way too dangerous. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, let's go to Stan. Line three. Stan, your thoughts. If there is something like that, it won't come from the border. It'll come from states that have majority of Arab population that are already embedded there. So if it would come, it might be uh, small groups or little groups that are already in states that have large Arab it population. It could be both. Wait, hang on, Stan. Oh, either way, Wait, just Stan, a minute. why are you denying that an open border is a problem? I didn't say it was a problem. Well, you seem to think you seem, ha- you seem to think that if you seem to think if there's them. a no, threat, no, Stan, no. you know who's crossed the border recently? Uh, a lot. It's been 170 plus countries, and a lot of them are Arab. So All you right. don't know what they're planning, well, and you don't know it could be knows. Chinese. It could be anybody. Well, we don't know. But the point is, if it does come, it would come from uh, embedded that are already here long ago. I think more from the states like Michigan in there. I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But I do want to thank somebody, and that's Governor DeSantis, for telling me something that you didn't tell me and you didn't know, that it was President Obama who threw out more migrants than Donald Trump. He said it on the, in the debate Oh, no, night. no, no. By the way, oh, I... Oh, yes, he did. I, I stand. I'm he not standing. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay, uh, take, good. Take, I thought you'd argue a, the point. You know, no, I'm For agreeing. By the way, I have heard that, too. You didn't ask me yeah, that. You didn't say a you number. You asked me about Biden yeah, you didn't know a and number. Trump. Right, yeah, you didn't yeah, know a but, number. But you know why? Because more were crossing under Obama. Because guess what? There were more incentivized. There were more coming. As soon as the, as soon as you saw the, remember those huge caravans that were coming? And I contend part of the reason I think that very much helped Trump to win in 2016 were these enormous caravans that were headed towards our border. Remember, we saw those images back then and people went, whoa, whoa. So guess what? Uh, Trump said, I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do remain in Mexico. I'm going to do all these things. And guess what happened? The flow actually uh, seceded because there was not that much at that time, Stan, because they knew that they were not going to be staying that long in the United States. So uh, acting tough and saying this is what we're going to do. Guess what? That's a that actually works. What happened with Biden is when he said, hey, come one, come all. It's like New York. Come one, come all. And now we wonder why they're all here. You know, I mean, you know, it's common sense. You say you're going to throw a party and you want everybody to come and it's free booze and free food. And then you wonder why uh, 5,000 people show up. I mean, you either got to be stupid or calculating. Go ahead, Stan. Thank you. I wanted to say this and make sure you heard it from me. I now believe that Donald Trump will pick the closest person he knows to be vice president, the only one he can trust. And I have it. It won't be a woman because any he could pick a dead dog and the Republicans would love it. He's going to pick Rudy Giuliani as his number two. I have no doubt now because he needs somebody he can control. He needs somebody he can trust. There's nobody that knows him like Donald Trump. And I think Trump would handle the international and the, de- uh, the economy 
and Rudy would handle the domestic states and cities and so forth. I think he will pick Rudy Giuliani. It's a long shot. He, he doesn't necessarily need a woman. He, the Republicans will put anybody in. He, you know, he'll put a dead Lincoln in if it, if it, as long as it's Trump on front. I believe he'll pick Rudy Giuliani. That's it might be the best. Uh, you know what? I haven't heard anybody say that, but Rudy would be great uh, because he's a law and order guy. And boy, if he could, you know, clean up the country like he cleaned up New York when he was mayor, uh, that would be a good thing. Uh, so that's an int- that's interesting to hear from you, Stan. You never, ever know. Uh, and of course, uh, I love Rudy and have tremendous respect for Rudy. So uh, boy, oh boy, uh, that could end up being an interesting one, Stan. Wow, wow, wow. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll have to ask Rudy. Next time I see him, I'll ask him if, uh, if, uh, if he would consider it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Frank in Long Island. Frank, uh, your thoughts about all of this. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Just a couple of thoughts. Number one, Stan is talking out his butt, as usual. Uh, number so yeah. Number two, the immigration problem that we are having in America is because of Biden, hundred percent. Because like you said, when Trump was here, Trump had it under control. Biden got in the office and he opened up the floodgates. And you're right about having all these you know different types of the Somalis that are coming into this country. Somalis are what? They're all pirates who to on the open seas they attack everybody. Yeah, well, they do attack everybody. But now let me ask you, what do you think Biden should have done, Frank? He should have stuck with Trump's laws that Trump had in place. He should have kept the borders the way they were, safe and secure. Yeah, and the sad thing is he has not, and he doesn't seem to have the will or the desire to do it. And that's a really scary place to be. I agree. And and, and now we're like, uh, you know, as, as Stan was just saying, hey, it could be someone who's here already, and it could be someone who crosses the border, I was saying. I mean, there's a lot of things it could be, and sadly, there are way too many questions tonight And it's a very dangerous place to be when you feel like you have a rudderless leadership at the top. It's a scary place. Uh, Frank, thank you very much. Let's go to Ed. Ed in Babylon. Ed, your thoughts, my friend. Oh, Rita, it's hard to follow up uh, your biggest bully, Stan. But uh, although Stan was Stan was Stan was kind of low key tonight, you know, he was a little low key. And he and he he suggested and he suggested Rudy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. Stan is a Stan is a multi-dimensional chess game to me. He's he's very interesting. He really is. I, I I'm sure I could get along with him. Yeah, you, you know, you know what? There's I, something charming and lovable about Stan. He's a I, veteran too, and and there you know there's something. I, he's 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 fun. I taught a course for Dale Carnegie in human relations, so I can do it. Um, let, let me just let me just talk to you about um, a couple things about Austin about the border. And also about Biden, I want to put it in medical terms uh, because I'm quite the scientist. I, I think possibly they've had an overdose of the um, outside the range of normal that we don't know for you know nanoparticles of plastic to their brain. And <laughs> the, administra- the, the administration, Rita, has become a total misadministration of everything the United States stand for. stands for. Take, take Austin, for example. The man's in the hospital. Wouldn't we keep constant communication with our, with our subordinates? Well, I, I would be at bedside with him, like I've been with many friends who are 
tactic, and I think the loop has gone to poops. Nobody's in the loop. I do, too. By the way, I like that. I like the loop has gone to poops. And, um, you know what? I, I, I was thinking of John Katz-Matidis because he doesn't use the S word. He yeah, he uses doo-doo. the P word, the poop. <laughs> You're right. And he... He has got one good sense of humor. He, he gave does. me my first afternoon laugh of the day on your show. He does. He makes afternoon. me laugh. And I have to sit next to him. He makes me laugh oh, all wow. the time. He's very I, funny. I, I, but but he is also a person that will go after like Anthony Weiner, like a pit bull, which I like. Yes. I want him to do the afternoon show. He, he really brings a lot. As for us attacking, you know, these people with Britain leading the way, I think that uh, Joe Biden, I mean, if John Wayne was like, had a personality of Truman Capote. He could still he could still strike back better than Biden. <laughs> yeah, that's a good you know? analogy. I agree. It, it's been it's been dismal and it's been really sad. Ed, and and that's a that's a dangerous place to be. Um, you know, and and to your point about uh, you know uh, they were pooping the loop. Um, you were very correct uh, about the whole issue with the defense secretary. The problem with that was it sounded like he didn't really tell anybody. Like he, he he said, oh, yeah, I'm just popping in for this thing or whatever. They didn't even know he was in the hospital. Uh, I think he wanted to keep it private. I think he didn't want to say anything. And look, you understand why people don't really want to start talking about their health conditions publicly. On the other hand, he is the secretary of defense. And it is such a dangerous time in the world as we're talking about. Look at what happened tonight. And even while he was there, eight of these attacks happened. So can you imagine if something really serious happened as we're talking about, you know, people being worried about Hezbollah attacking the homeland? What if they desperately needed him and had 10 minutes to hurry up and get him and they couldn't figure it out? Uh, He's on the chain of command. And if you're doing a strike, you always have to have the defense secretary or whoever is authorized in that position uh, to answer it. So that's a that is a huge deal and an enormous, enormous mistake. Uh, Let's go to Jerry real quick. Line three. Jerry, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Which uh, convention's first, the Democratic one or the Republican one? Do you know? I have to remember. I believe it is usually the Republican one. I, if I'm okay, going to check, I am going to check because it's uh, I have to remember it's been it's been four years. So I have to I have to remember. I okay. believe the GOP usually goes first. Uh, we know they're going to be in um, Milwaukee. And we know the Democrats mm-hmm. are going to be in Chicago. Think about that. In Chicago, it's going to be like, Doc, Doc, here's your convention. And uh, don't look at uh, all the drugs and everything outside. Now, why do you ask? What's the reason for the timing well, for you? This, I'm thinking this way. Rudy would be a great pick if Biden is running and we actually see him at the convention pick his vice president. But if Michelle Obama comes in, that would be bad. We would want like Byron Donald as a vice president. We need to get some color in the ticket then, I think. And I think that Byron can then speak to all the issues that need to be spoken to and to smash Michelle, you know, her righteousness and all her racism. Byron Donalds can shut her up, I think. Now, do you let out. me ask you, do you think um, that they would go for a Byron Donalds? By the way, I am correct. I'm looking at it here. Um, the Republican one is in July and the Democratic one is in August. That's what I thought. So the Republicans do go first. That's a bit of a problem then. So Giuliani could be a a dangerous pick only because it would be, it would just not look good. Now Giuliani would be excellent. Yeah. He'd be phenomenal. Because you'd have two Trumps. It would be like having two Trumps. The left will go insane. Their heads will blow (laughs) off. 
<laughs> can you That's imagine? Oh, my. Yes. And also, can you imagine if Biden decides to keep Kamala? Uh, boy, that would be one for the record oh. books. Can you imagine? It would be like, uh, yeah. I'm uh, one of the great uh, greatest mayors ever and law fighter, and you're the person who hasn't done anything with the border. <laughs> that would basically be the argument there. Jerry, thank you very, very much. Uh, you're right. Timing is everything in life. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Coming up on The Rita Cosby Show, we will talk about President Trump in court today, some wild moments, and also Hunter Biden. Remember, he showed up unexpectedly on Capitol Hill yesterday, and today he was in court on the West Coast on a variety of felony charges. So a big day in a series of courtrooms on both coasts. We're going to break it all down and get your take on that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Richard, line three. Richard, your thoughts about what we've been talking about? Well, I've been listening for a while, Miss Cosby, and it's a pleasure speaking with me because I got the inside track from wisdom on my side. Ah, okay. So it's a pleasure, I guess, listening to you. So go ahead. Let's hear totally, it. Totally. Totally. Let's You're hear in luck. it. Let's hear it. I All sure right, am. Number go one, ahead. I think that this uh, the, the migrants are a blessing in disguise. It's just they're being handled improperly. They should be given a ticket to a Rust Belt city a broken-down home with a yard where they can grow something, a few thousand bucks to start up and let them start their own communities where they have their own education, their own uh, enforcement. from they, they, they know how to enforce each other, their own educational, no food stamps, no hospitalization plans, no vouchers for anything, a piece of ground, a house and a few thousand bucks and a ticket to a Rust Belt city. All right, so Those Richard, Rust hang Belt, on, hang on. on. We, no, no, finished. actually, oh. I'm not. I am finished listening to you. So let me actually bring this in here. But and I'll let you if you want to go on and on. Um, but let me just ask you: you didn't mention anything about them being vetted. You didn't mention who they are, what they're coming. I like your idea of no food stamps and no some of these other things. Uh, but you seem to say, come one, come all, and don't worry who's coming here, and uh, just have at it. Um, you know, no big deal. We won't check you. We won't vet you. Most of them, we have no idea who they are. Uh, they're not being screened. They're not being checked. And you think they should just somehow get a plot of land? What about our veterans? I would love for some veterans or some homeless Americans uh, to get a plot of land in some of those places, uh, wherever it is in America, Rust Belt or no Rust Belt, wherever it is. Don't you think they should have priority, Richard, for this uh, utopia you're creating? Excuse me. Every inhabitant of the United States has a priority. 
The veterans have plenty of benefits. They get checks. They get hospitalization. The migrants get a ticket to a, to a, an industrialized city like New York City or Boston or wherever where they're not necessarily needed, but they're needed in rust belt cities. So you think you no think veterans are you think veterans have enough and not to worry about them, but let's give the the migrants priority and make sure that we cater to them and give them all these freebies, land, American citizenship, all of those things to me are worth something. Um, you know, I think hopefully you have good intentions with your point, uh, but I think that's an extremely dangerous plan. And if you think that American veterans have everything they need and they don't need anything else, uh, boy, you are smoking something tonight, Richard, because I can point to a million veterans that are on the streets of America and they deserve help before an illegal migrant.